Blog Talk Radio. Well, it's really a joy to have you here, 
and you know perhaps we will we will launch our conversation today with a little bit of announcement because I think both of us are going to be in Los Angeles soon for the the Conscious Life Expo and and you know I think it's probably good to remind people of that right at the right at the beginning so so Nick um, as a, a a beginning of this second show together tell us what you're going to be doing in Los Angeles cuz I know you have a major event planned down there well, I am going to be sharing um, some of my latest um, musings, thinkings, um, and uh, particularly around uh, what I would call conscious creativity, particularly how we become a channel, uh, a clear channel for the kind of creativity that, that changes the world, changes our lives and changes the world. So that's yeah. really um, what the talk's going to be about, and a lot of new thinking from that but i'm also going to do a uh, a very big experiential piece where mm. we everyone in the room we're all going to become our own unique channel uh, and celebrate that experience which uh, i have uh, dubbed the gateway to bliss is wow. our own, the own our own gateway of our own creativity within um will uh, yeah sort of transforms everything in its path including our own challenges and moods and, and worries, um, yeah. but also can go further than that and, and change the world in some way. Yes, yes. Well, um, I do hope that, that people can experience this, and I know that not only for those who are going to be there in Los Angeles, and this is a very, very big gathering. Um, I I have gone multiple years, and there are thousands of people who come through. It's an incredible gathering. But your event, Nick, is going to be internationally live streamed. So I know oh, that even those great. internationally can can um, partake in this in some way. So great. Um, I think that that it's it's great to get the word out about it because I appreciate what you're doing. Great. Well, I haven't been, so I'm super excited. It's a legendary event. It is. <laughs> it, it is something like space, you've so. never seen. Yeah, it, it there is really nothing like the Conscious Life Expo. I mean, I, I right. truly feel that way. It's it's just such an amazing combination of people, and and something that I'll say about it that I, that touched me from the very beginning when I just used to attend is what's really cool about the Conscious Life Expo is it has a diversity of viewpoints there, whereas where you have people who may not be all that spiritual, you know, they're coming to see. Um, you know, what some would call truth-telling events or however you want to express whatever those are. And then there are spiritual events, and then the two meet, which is Mm -hmm. really cool. Is it somehow people who – I'll never forget being in a a room once um, with a speaker where you had people who had never been in a meditation before, and it was obvious because this event wasn't really focused on that. They were in a group meditation, and you could just feel the shift. It was incredible wow. how how it opened the door, and so I always want to say that about conscious life because people sometimes will look at it and say, you know, wow, you know, look at look at the wide range, and but that's the cool thing because it it brings right. us together. It's it's awesome. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. So, um, with that said, um, I would like to to launch into to our second show together and I know it's been a while since you've been here and so of course 
you know, everyone probably um, until I surface the other show isn't going to remember everything that we talked about last time. But what I did is true, including your host. <laughs> but, Can you um, meet? <laughs> and, and including you, because we're human yeah. beings, and this is that kind of a show where we just flow with it. But what I know, based on my experience with the program, is that when we have something that involves a great many steps, it can feel rushed sometimes when we get to the end of describing it. And what you have in your book, which um, I feel is really powerful and I think can help a lot of people right now, is the breakthrough curve. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to introduce what that is and why it is helpful, but then I'm hoping we can make it through the steps in the curve today to really, really help people and also prepare those who may want to listen to you at this talk or in future events as well and just to to do what they're called to do in the world creatively. Great. Sounds good. So if, Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and introduce it, Nick. Like, okay, well, tell us, so, you know, yes, go right ahead. Yeah, the breakthrough curve is the shape of a J. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you can imagine, visualize a J in your head, you're starting on the left, uh, so maybe a third of the way up the page, and then you're going down, turning a curve, and coming back up. Um, the other side of the J. And so ultimately what it's saying is we, wherever we are in life, um, we can go higher, we can have a breakthrough, go somewhere um, that we can't even see now, somewhere more elevated, somewhere more expansive. However, yeah. this is the trick, uh, the great cosmic joke. To get there, it's not a nice linear, safe line of just wandering from where we are to where we want to be. The J curve, the breakthrough curve, says to get to the higher place, we have to let go of something first. Mm-hmm. We have to go down and mm-hmm. release something uh, before yeah. we get the breakthrough. Or as I say, we must release before we receive. We must excavate before we innovate. And this is a great challenge of life because we don't like letting go of things. We like to hold on to the ways of being that we've had since we were three or five that have been defend, you know, defending us, protecting us. We like to hang on to beliefs that seem to have worked for us over the years, um, even if we know they probably aren't true anymore. Um, and, of course, above all, we like to hang on to our habits, um, which we could also call addictions. Yeah. So the great challenge of life is if we want to have a breakthrough, we want to thrive, we want to have all that joyous, j-curve excitement before we get there we have to surrender something first and therefore to do that we have to feel safe enough uh, within ourselves loved enough to surrender things let go of things and we can only do that when we feel really really loved and here's the next trick or cosmic learning we can only give ourselves the love that we're looking for no one else can do it for us no parent it's, no, it's none of our parents' responsibilities when we're 30 or 40 or 70 to be giving us the love. Even if they could, it wouldn't matter anyway because our system is now its own system. So we have to learn how to give ourselves this, the trust and safety and connectivity within that allows us to say, you know what, it's time to give up this belief or this 
behavior or this emotion. Um, so therefore, any behavioral breakthrough, a sort of tangible breakthrough in, say, our diet or our um, fitness or, or our career, um, is driven by a cognitive breakthrough, um, you know, a change in our beliefs, but that is always driven by an emotional, spiritual breakthrough, a shift in our fundamental orientation uh, to the world, or as I would call it, a uh, shift in our relational field um, uh, with the universe. So therefore, really, all change is spiritual change, but all spiritual change doesn't necessarily l lead to practical change unless we take the insights from within and deliver them into the world. Yeah. And that's what the breakthrough curve is. It's a, it's a, it's a curve which helps us do that by saying to us, hey, A, let go, B, it's gonna, things get more tough, usually more chaotic, more confusing yeah. before they get easier, but C, they will get easier if you follow the curve. Life will shift, we will rise, we will elevate, we will ascend the J curve. Um, if we just keep going, follow the basic principles of release, then receive. You know, I have a question for you, Nick, because I feel like um, I know there are listeners to this show who have this a similar question, and and we're we're having this experience, or we've had this experience, where um, a number of us have had traditional careers, like like you did too. I mean, I was a computer yeah. scientist and was working in leadership circles at some point. You know, I I had this traditional career, and then there was a shift, mm -hmm. whatever that was that caused us not to be in that anymore, and then a determination to do more and to do right. higher consciousness things or, um, you know, to really shift out of that. And yet, here's the question, because I have seen this happening to really a lot of way showers. It happens where you hit a wall sometimes where right. it's like, and then you're so tempted. Oh, my gosh. I have been through this multiple times where you're tempted to go back in some way, you know, to compromise and, and give up on your dream or compromise in some way. And that, that to me, is just what you're talking about. It's that resistance where you right. have, you know, you got to push through. And so Definitely. I know people need help with this. In fact, even, even I can very much relate to this because <laughs> it's so easy to go to, to think that you need to go back. And, stuff. and you can have people around you saying, you know, well, you know, you're a computer scientist, or whatever you are, happen to be a computer right. scientist. You know, you could, although in that career it changes a lot, but whatever it is, you know, <laughs> um, that you know how to do, um, even yeah. as a manager, or you can go be a manager, go do that, and people can be pretty insistent, too, around you. So you yeah. have to love yourself. I feel that. I love how you said that, because you have to stay true to your heart, don't you? Right. We also got to nourish that heart. Yeah. Um, because, to so... Although, how would I describe it? Although breakthrough, life, having a life breakthrough, a transformational change, is it's predictable in some ways. If you do certain things, you let go, surrender, you listen yeah. to what's within you, and you put it into action, and you and you have courage, and you make it happen. It will happen. Yeah. It's almost it's a guaranteed process. What's not guaranteed is it, it's going to be easy. Yeah. And. <laughs> I actually don't think it's just meant to be easy. I think, uh -huh. it, as I say to people in workshops, 
when they're struggling, right? If Brexit uh-huh. was easy, everyone would be doing it, and they're not. Yeah. So it's not designed to be easy. It's a hero's journey. You dig yeah. into yourself. You go down into yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And through the struggle and the suffering and the exhaustion, you find something, and then you bring that into the world, and yeah. that is really even just the beginning of it. That's the, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. you know, in any, everyone's somewhere on this journey. Everyone has got something they're trying to do more of or be more of. Um, and, and part of the, the, the learning of this curve is the curve, the journey, is the thing. Yes, it's yes. wonderful to get the outcome at the top of the J curve, the breakthrough curve. It's great. Yeah. But that's not, that's not really the game. The game in town is the experience of going through it. And every time you go through it, which for me is regularly, you know, two or three times a week I'm going through these curves in some way or shape or form. I get better yeah. at it. I, get, I find it easier. I have more resource. I've learned more how to nourish myself. I have more of a network of friends and colleagues who nourish me. And I become more playful even in taking on, you know, things that are deeply challenging. So, for example, right. next year I'm looking to move my family back to California and uh-huh. set up my, my leadership and, and, and life change businesses there, wow. um, where you are. And, you know, that's not easy to be an entrepreneur coming without a network uh, or not, without a huge network, setting up shop and saying, hey, right, I'm going to make a living and have two small children and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a, uh, an experience, right? Um, yeah, definitely. It's going to be a breakthrough <laughs> curve. I'm going to have to step into a way of being um, which is more elevated than it is now. Um, but that's the journey. That's the excitement is that, 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 that uh, that's possible. And the, and the thing is, I can go back. Right, um, exactly. And so it, it, it's, it, there's always, you know, even if you do end up taking a risk, setting up a new yeah. business or becoming a coach or or whatever the, the dream is, and you find yourself having to sort of retreat slightly from that and go back and uh-huh. make some money doing whatever it is, that's okay because you're still bringing the new insight with you as long yeah. as you don't give up. If you give up, then, then your fears have won. Um, because... But as, as long as you keep going and you and you, you know, say, okay, well, I'm going to move back to be a manager or do my computer stuff, but in the evenings I'm going to develop this idea and the weekends I'm going to go and train to do whatever it is, you're still in the game. Yeah. Um, and that's what the life is. And, and, the, and the thing about the breakthrough curve is when you get to the top of one breakthrough curve, you realize you've just really got to the, to the start of another. It's like a yeah. ski slope. Every time you get down one slope, you realize there's another one. You're like, okay. This is what it is. This is life. It's a constant set of of challenges where I can either shrink from the challenge or step into it with all the fear I have and all the voices in my head saying everyone will think you're an idiot and you know whatever it is. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And there, it's just you know, and that but that vulnerability be- becomes the the power, yeah. the vulnerability of knowing that it might all go pear shaped. It might all fall apart around us um you know fiasco is a uh-huh. very possible outcome of of breakthrough yeah um I mean, you're at, taking risk yes yeah mm-hmm. all, as i say to like, the leaders i work with i work with a lot of senior leaders and i say to them yeah. all change involves risk yeah however staying the same in a world that's changing this fast 
is even riskier. And the classic example is Kodak. You know, you can pretend it's not happening, but eventually it will take your business down. And the same with us, the same with individuals. If, if we pretend that the world's the same and we can just carry on doing the same thing we did when we were 15 or 20, but we want to thrive in this world now and then next year's world, you know, we can't. It's just not possible. So change involves risk, but staying the same also involves risk. It involves the risk of depression, the risk of backache, yeah. um, the risk of panic attacks, the risk of, of knowing we never really took life by the coconuts. That's the risk. And that's it. For me, yes. a bigger risk than I, I agree. moving to L.A. and spectacularly failing. You know, <laughs> it'll be fun. It'll be warmer and I'll be having delicious fish tacos more often. Uh-huh. Now, see, I'm up in Oregon. I'm not down. I'm, I'm traveling down there, but um, I'm not far away. So, uh, but yes, I mean that is a spectacular risk. And you know, you did exactly. say something re- really important. I think, and I, I think that a lot of us who have gone down the path that's that's adventurous in our whatever we're doing. You know, if we have our own businesses or whatever we're pursuing creatively, um, we. We can even apply creativity to perhaps combining some of what we used to do with what we're doing now. Absolutely. And like, like I thought to myself, um, because I was, you know, getting to be, I was in a, I was working on an executive floor. I was having, I was a communications leader in engineering for my company, and so, and I thought, well, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean going back, but what if I could help to instill some ethics into that career. Like, I'm really concerned about the singularity and sort of where certain things right. are going. Technology can go wrong in a lot of ways, you know. Right. And and that's a whole topic. But but it just got me thinking about, you know, maybe there is some combination or even, you know, professional guidance to people right. from other ways. So, yeah. so without getting too far into it, I think that those of us who've been in traditional careers and then went out on our own and and yeah it it takes tremendous risk and there are challenges yeah. sometimes you know can find ways of of being guided to creatively merge the two and that's part of breakthrough right there and maybe that's actually where the genius of your particular purpose and and skills are i mean i i, I ran this um marketing brand innovation agency when I was younger, grew it up to be a big thing, realized it was yeah, breaking my heart, yeah. discovered my purpose to really bring consciousness to the world in a, a new, exciting, you know, contemporary way. And I also have a great skill in working with large organizations. I can, yeah. I can go into a, a C-suite, I can go into an executive room, I can get people trusting me quickly and understanding me, and that's a skill, right? No, so I, I totally I, relate to that, yes. Right, so it's like, why not bring my consciousness work into the place where, really, if it could take hold, could actually make the biggest difference to the world the fastest anyway. It's, a, yes. it's an acupuncture point for, for, the, for the whole system, is the corporate suite. Um, and if you can get a large company, a multinational um, becoming more ethical and conscious and values-driven, it can change millions of people's lives. Um, and I'm good at it, so why not merge the the old my old career and my new career together? Um, and uh, and it's a win-win, you know. It's good for yeah. me. Um, 
it's good for them, it's good for the world. A win-win-win is, the, is yeah. the thing. So for me, as long as we're still moving forward in terms of digging in within us to find the new insight, the new way of thinking about something, as long as we're moving forward, then it doesn't matter what it looks like to others if, if we are going back to other things we've done before. Um, I look, at, look at Steve Jobs. He went back to Apple. The company had yeah. fired him. You know, and he was ashamed and humiliated by that experience, right? And he yeah. went back, and that's, and that's when he, he made it work, that final time, that last moment. It was like, boom, that's when the magic really happened, was in you know, the late, late 90s. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're inspiring me because, you know, even, even um, in my own experience, something we were attempting to do beyond ethics was mm. to get – um, senior levels communicating with lower levels, and it created incredible joy. I mean, just the mm. simple thing like having an executive show up at the Friday afternoon gathering right. of the engineer right. to chat with them. That simple. Right. That's all, you know. And that's right. what um, what I was doing um, in my my last corporate job. And, and so I can relate to what you're aiming to do. And because ultimately what is this is we're right. trying to make – things more effective and so right um and and higher raise the what were we doing we were raising the joy and the play level which is actually far along on your curve yeah right. that's where people can often connect is by being right. human together <laughs> right and then, it, and here's and, the and then thing. suddenly when people it are having more fun and more human yeah. in the office they then make yes. better decisions for the environment for social systems when they make decisions so love breeds more love so if you bring yeah. love into the an organization it will start to do more loving things in the world if yeah. if an organization is full of fear and control and hierarchy it will then bring more fear and control through its products that's yeah. that's the nature of of of, of systems um, actually i should say if anyone's going to be in San Francisco next mm-hmm. week um, to support mm-hmm. Conscious Life Expo. I'm actually running a workshop at the Wisdom 2.0. Um, oh, I know that event. Yes, event. yes, right. that's very uh, cool. On how to bring love into business. Uh-huh. Uh, we're wow. really looking at what stops us and the shame and the embarrassment ourselves, and then also how do we bring love into a business model? You know, what, what does that look like? So, um, yeah. yeah, come and join me if anyone's around. Yeah, I've heard of Wisdom 2.0. That is an amazing gathering with with many, yeah. many types of people really changing right. the world. I'm glad you're going to be there, Nick. You'll really make a difference there. Um, but I, I am just so inspired. You know, of course, we're kind of spontaneous. My show is so spontaneous, I swear. I mean, but this is so important, <laughs> what you're yeah. advocating here. And I feel it, too, as a passion and um because if you really want to instigate change, it's to go where, you know, people have a lot of influence um, right. to to make those changes. And, and you have that experience. So I appreciate your applying that. So, all right. Well, I guess we should maybe get back to the curve a little bit because – because, you know, in a way, we're doing the process because I was feeling a, a few blockages. You know, you're inspiring me right now, um, personally. <laughs> you know, my show's a microcosm and a macrocosm always. <laughs> and so so I feel like I'm working through a mini version of the curve right now right. as I'm seeing. Um, so, so, you know, we have these problems where, you know, maybe in, in – 
in many of our cases, you know, how can I continue to thrive in a creative way, mm-hmm. not be in a survival mode, but, you know, thrive, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then breaking patterns, and then there can be pain. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to jump to the presence part, right at okay. the bottom of this curve when you turn around. Let's talk about presence. So presence is, for me, where the magic happens of breakthrough. It's where we get out of our heads for enough time and into our bodies, into our being. And we're no longer worrying about the challenge we're trying to break through. We're just absolutely present to ourselves as interconnected, interdependent beings. And that's where in the moment, the creative spark, the aha moment, the intuition, the insight all happens. Yeah. So for me, that's really the, the, the magic moment. And I fundamentally believe that when we have an insight or an idea, it is non-local. What I mean by that is it's not patterned necessarily just in the nervous system in terms of how the brain's wired up, but I believe it's somehow connected to the the full and total information field that the universe is. And so when we're present, we get to listen to that spark of genius, which is our genius, but it's also the genius of the universe. But if we're too noisy and we're not present, we can't hear it, we can't feel it. And then we don't get the breakthrough. And that's the, the, the deepest moment of this process. Is, and it, could, it, could be an, it doesn't have to take very long. It can be a three-second experience. Um, and the more we practice presence, which is what meditation is essentially about, is the, pr- the practice of presence, the more we practice being present, the less we have to, c- to think about becoming present, and the more we're just already tapped in and we get insights coming out left, right, and center. Yeah. And one of the things that I do as a guide or, and coach uh, um, is because I uh, am tapped into that insight, I get insight about other people in the moment. And that's what, why I coach and guide people and mentor people and, and, and teach people is because all I'm doing is tapping in to what's happening in that moment between me and them in our, in our relationship field. Yeah. Um, so that's presence. It's it's It's... Everything and yet nothing. It's it's tiny but enormous. Yes. Um, yes. You know something something I appreciate that you know having observed this in the corporate world and in a small business setting is sometimes Nick it's as easy as getting outside. You know most of these corporate headquarters have these beautiful campuses and maybe you have right. a wonderful view which I suppose looking right. at the view doesn't hurt. Absolutely. But why don't the executives or anybody? Anyone in the organization, every get outside, take a break, even for right. fifteen minutes, and and I that, mean, that will give you what you just talked about. Absolutely, it, it's nature incredible is gift. nature is 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 the context of everything. It is everything. It's it's the ecology. All human life is sits within the ecology of life, the nature of yes. life. Uh, yes. I was coaching someone today, a um, journalist for a newspaper in England. And uh, he'd just done a, a big transformational process. And so he's a bit 
you know, in the middle of it, discombobulated and, and, and you know, in, in the breakthrough, in the edge of chaos, as I would call it. Yes. And in that <laughs> moment, he said, you know, what should I do? Should I go and do some work? And, you know, I was like, absolutely not. Go and find a park. Mm-hmm. Go and sit by the canal or the river and yeah. just be in that and, and, and allow the, the nature around you to ground you down, to ground, not grind you down, ground you, ground you down. Yes. Yeah. Um, super simple. And one of the reasons I left, um, I don't live in the city anymore. I live in a, in a village is because my life is so fertile with ideas and yeah. books and, and interviews and things that for me, nature has now become a absolute prerequisite because it connects me to the everything, to the peace, the, 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 the realization that nothing needs to happen and I don't need to do anything. I don't need to be, you know, the world will go on without me. The nature will be here without me when I'm dead. Yeah. And that balances me from the got to get stuff done, got to change the world, got to bring more light and love into the world. And, it's, you know, to live in that tension between nothing needs to happen and everything needs to happen is part of the dance of wisdom. And nature will always remind you of that. Basically. Yes. Yes. You know, I had a week a couple of weeks ago where I was so busy I didn't get out. And I live in Oregon where it's just absolutely beautiful. And I live in a <laughs> yeah, kind of a village too. Actually, yeah. I do. I live in a small town in the foothills of the mountains. And and when I didn't get out, yeah, I was really blocked. I mean, I think part right. of what I'm working through now is because I didn't get out for that. And now this week. You know, and and since the week I've been getting out again. It doesn't matter. You know, you think you don't have time. You do. You have to make the time because otherwise um, you're actually going to take up more time grinding. I love that word grind, you know, grind versus grind, because your mind will be grinding on a problem when you could go get grounded instead. And so that's a beautiful pairing of words, and that's what I felt when you said that. And and so so the presence part, I it matters a great deal, and I very much relate to that. Mm. All right, so we found presence. Next up the curve, peace, because that's the mm-hmm. that's what happens. We mm. find peace. Exactly. Exactly. So for me, peace is a end in itself. Yeah. Um, but it's also a an access point to to really conscious creativity. If we are full of drama and trauma and anger and frustration, then the creativity that we bring will will be drenched in that emotion. Yeah. If we know how to find peace within ourselves, then the creativity we'll, we bring will be drenched in peace. And for me, I'm about teaching people how to be creative and teaching companies how to innovate things that bring more thriving into the systems we're part of. I am not interested in helping people be creative so they can create some kind of widget um, or doodad that nobody needs uh, or advertising that disempowers or all the kind of things that people – or movies which – which depress people or, you know, that kind of stuff. It's not interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. But creativity that's drenched in peace ends up creating movies that inspire and empower 
or help us, you know, be cathartic with our emotions. Uh, they help set up companies that really genuinely bring, you know, better products and services that make our lives different and, and, and yeah. really touch us uh, into yeah. existence. And that's what I mean by conscious creativity. Creativity is cleared away from our rage and our disconnection and our separation. Yes, yes. You know, I think those who have worked in the technological sector, as as yeah. I have, can can really feel that that contrast. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was at school with the people who created essentially the first web browser. Incredible. Right. I mean, we wouldn't be here having this show. I mean, I, I didn't actually know these people. I knew people who knew them, but they were mm-hmm. around me at school, and so. Yeah. How did they do this? I mean, that is a use of technology that transformed everything. Yet at right. the same time, you know, you can have lots of dark uses of technology. Absolutely. Uh, and, and there's both. So what you say is very important. I mean, it is how do you put your creativity in what's going to truly change the world in an inspiring, right. um, yeah. you know, paradigm-shifting way? Right. I mean, look. Yeah, you know, there's a saying that whoever invented the car invented the car crash. Yeah. And there's there's usually a shadow to everything, a flip side to everything. Um and as you say, you can use technology to create bombs or to new ways to murder and, and terrorize people. I mean if you, if you look at disruptive innovation, suicide bombing is a disruptive innovation. It was new, it changed our way of thinking, it you know, it it, it but it terrorizes us. Or you can use that creativity um, to think of tools and products and apps and books and and things, services, that bring more connection into the world. Um, yes. So creativity, yes. like everything, is agnostic. And it's up to us to use it, to wield it um, in the service of love, not in the service of fear. The sad yes. thing is 99% of the creative industry is essentially used in the service of fear. Um, most marketing, not all marketing, but most marketing is what I would call deficit marketing. It tries to set you up as, as not enough until you buy a product yeah. rather than to say you're already enough and let's inspire you to be even more. Yeah. And it's, it's a deficit model rather than an abundance model. But you can do marketing that's abundant. So there's nothing wrong with marketing. It's just agnostic. It's just a way of communicating with people. Yes. Um, but if you're using it to tell kids that you're ugly and and not worthy until you drink my fizzy drink, then that's creativity in the service of separation and 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 pain. And we really don't need any more of that in the world. We've got lots of that. Yes. Um, it's the other kind of creativity that that is special and beautiful and 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 you know, if I could do one thing, which is to help everyone listening to realize that they have access to, to their channel, a unique channel, only one channel. Each human being is one separate channel. No one can be anyone else's channel. I can't be yours. You can't be mine. So all I can do is open up my channel so that kind of conscious, healing, positive, connecting creativity comes out. And it doesn't have to be developing a new web browser or a new right. app that changes the world. It could just be shifting how the family dynamics of our family are so that they don't get passed down for another generation. That itself is yes. mega healing of the world. You know, that's making a difference. We don't have to yes. be Steve Jobs. 
he had his own channel. He had his own thing going on. Uh, we've all got our own thing. Um, but we all are given the choice to use ourselves as a channel for conscious creativity or not. Yeah. Um, and that's the choice of our life, really, the greatest choice of life. Yes. You know, it's something I can't believe I actually said what I said a minute ago, and I have to correct it because it kind of relates to something you said. I didn't know the person who got rich off of that technology. I actually did know people who contributed to the project just from their heart. Right. And many right. of them didn't get rich. I don't even know what right. happened to these people. Technically, I could have worked on A bunch of people could have worked on this project. <laughs> and so so the question, well, yeah, that was that's another story. But, I mean, I did know people, but they I did not know the person who traditionally is known <laughs> for right. having gotten rich off of it. But the thing is, is what about those? I mean, again, this is something towards an innovation. This is beyond family. But these people, they must, I mean, the feeling, even as it was starting to take hold, I talked to one friend who had some right. contribution. It was incredible. Just, right. just the feeling of having having contributed something from the heart. They they believed in what they were doing. And so um and that's a more major thing, but it can happen on minor things too. And I think so often and this is why I had to catch myself is we recognize the person who became, you know, whatever they became, a billionaire or something, you know, whereas what about all the people? Because for any great breakthrough, there's always going to be all the people who did some role, and it can be very Absolutely. widespread. It might not even Absolutely. be centrally located. It you can be know. someone's wife or husband. I mean, it could right. be a lot of people helping. It could be one person says something. And it's one of the things that I am fiercely a believer in is that creativity is distributed and it's owned by all of us, really. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of... Yeah. Though I have got IP of my own and, and intellectual property and things that I think I've created, you know, my book, for example, you think that's me. But actually, it's me and my wife. We developed a lot of uh-huh. work together. It's yeah. everyone I've ever read, every philosopher, every yeah. psychologist, every scientific journal I read. To, you know, that it, it's, a, it's, a, it's co-owned in some ways. It doesn't yeah. mean we can't make exactly. some money from it. doesn't mean we can't believe in some kind of ownership. But I do believe we should take it with a pinch of salt that any one yeah. person owns anything. Um, exactly. Because it's a, it's a game that we happen to play in the world today, which is private property. It's a big game um, or racket, depending on which way you look at it. And, um, yeah. And, you know, it's challenging as a content creator to say this, but honestly, do I own anything I've ever created? A little bit. Yeah. But, you know, who knows who's contributed to the ideas in there? Exactly. Um, in, in, the, in my work and so it's just a balance to always remember when we're creating that no one really owns it just like no one really owns the grass you know yeah. if you tell a, a Native American that you know not now obviously but 200 years ago um, mm-hmm. I own this field they're like what I was like me yeah that would How have been you... foreign to them yeah totally what do you mean own it How could you? Yeah. and if you think How about it when you really put your conscious spectacles on what does it mean yeah. to own a tree? I mean, how can anyone own a tree? It's a tree. It's just part of nature. No one owns the stars. Um, though someone will try, I'm sure. I think actually uh, Donald too. Trump's been 
Daughter you to can name star. a star, I think. Right, exactly. <laughs> I hear the commercial I mean, really? time of year, name a star. I know. <laughs> but it's just uh, these, really these ideas one. are uh, in some ways crazy uh, because yeah. creativity is, is, is really the source, you know, it's spirit coming into being through us. Yes, um, yes. And um, that's one of the things we have to get ready for is not necessarily to be given the recognition or financial return that we think we might deserve for our conscious creativity. But the whole point of it being right. conscious is that shouldn't matter by then because the experience of being creative, of bringing more joy into the world through us, that's the gift. That's the win. That's the bit everyone really wants. That's the meaning and the purpose and the joy. Um, and, uh, you know, that's... You know, whilst having a, a bit of cash to have some nice experiences is, is wonderful and fun and, and great. The, the joy is from being truly our most creative, conscious, contributive, purposeful selves. Uh, and then yeah. to be in relationship with other people who are doing the same. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's where the fun and the, and the joy is. The rest is, is convenience. Yes, yes. Yes, I... I, I really feel what you're saying and and that that's actually because it is fairly common when you're in an organization of some kind to yeah. maybe feel somewhat dejected like you know you didn't right. get recognized for whatever and you know really right. that's just our our wounded ego which I've heard you know that term used by yes. by more than one teacher and that it's more about well what you know you, if you can get past that part, right. then you can see the joy for yourself. It's right. how just the act of creation and participating is is why we're here. That's the main right. part. And it also might be good evidence that the organization you work in doesn't have a culture that can appreciate collaboration and contribution. Right, and, and that's maybe, when you want to facilitate change. Yeah, it may yeah. be worth exploring somewhere that might. Maybe, you know, yes. Without expecting yes. it to be somehow some Eden that's you know totally unlike anywhere else. I mean, it's, you know, organizations are organizations. They they all have shadow. Um, yeah. They all have challenge. Yeah. They all have stuff. But sure. you know, there are some which are much more re- reflective and and alive and interested in mutual learning, and there are others that aren't. So it might yes. be worth prioritizing one that is. Yes. Or creating you know, one yourself. Feel- Yes, that 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 is possible. Yes, if if yeah. you feel so led to do that. Exactly. I feel so like we're kind of we're stepping up this curve kind of intuitively without going through right. the terms. <laughs> right, exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. we, I mean, the, terms are, just, the yes. terms are just conceptual yes. conceptual steps. When you actually exactly. go through a breakthrough curve, it's just one fluid experience. Yeah. Um, it's yes. oh, something's bugging me. Something's upsetting me. Something's whatever. Oh. How am I reacting to it? Okay. Check in with myself. Become present. Oh, insight. When I was a kid or, you know, this upsets me, this kind of thing. Possibility comes out, idea, and then you put the idea into action in the world. So it's a, it's a very fluid process. But when you write a book, yeah. you have to separate everything out into a bit more linear. linear Actually, steps. I'd like to explain. If you don't mind, could we explore the power step? Because you go from power, yeah. you find your purpose, you go to possibility, and yep. then power. I, yes. I assume that's when you inject 
Well, I'll let you describe it. Talk about the power <laughs> step because that, that's where we power become Power is, is things to do with confidence, energy, uh-huh. belief in oneself, um, operating with integrity. It's, okay, I've had my idea. Do I, as you mentioned before, do I go backwards or let it go or just give up on it? Or yeah. do I empower myself to stand up for what I've felt has, you know, I've created and make it actually happen? Yeah. And that, yeah. as we know, can be weeks, months, years as opposed to hours and minutes. And the world lags behind our breakthroughs. So it may take 10 years for us to turn our breakthrough from 10 years ago into a business that eventually makes enough money for us to buy a house or a yacht, I don't know, whatever. Um, So during that long period, um, the long walk home from the hero's journey, when we're walking home, we've got our our big idea, but we've got to walk home. Uh, That's where you need as much power as you you have. Inner power, inner strength, inner, inner... in a vibration so that you can take the the nose because the, the reality is the world's not rarely sitting there waiting for our breakthrough. People aren't going, oh, God, where's the, your new idea? We've been desperate for it for so long. They might be desperate, but they probably don't realize they are. So it takes years often to bring a, a, an idea into, into reality. Yeah. Um, and that's where you need power. I mean, it's just a tiny example I did my first sort of personal development work almost 20 years ago. Uh-huh. And in that time, I really engaged my parents a lot in that work and who I was becoming, what I was learning and forgiving them and, and that stuff. Yeah. And 20 years later, probably the first time I can remember, we all went out for my birthday recently. Uh, my, mom and father, my mom and dad had been divorced for many, many years. Uh, they were there um, and uh, other people, sisters and whatever, and we had a wonderful, peaceful, alive, connected meal together, about 20 people. And we all, and it, we all felt it was somehow something different, nothing too crazy, just different. And yeah. I reflected that it's basically 20 years of, of helping people become more relaxed with each other and, and give up some of their stories, finally happening. Right? That's just one example of a 20-year breakthrough curve. Um, So all those times that I've tried to get everyone communicating or I've been triggered and gone into pattern, that's when you need the power. Yes. Because that's when you give up. Um, And the job is not to give up. Yes. Yes. And, you know, to bring your, to birth your your creativity in, in however long it takes. Yes. Yes. I, 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 Coming to mind, I keep thinking that's when you have to kind of push through, not in the sense of forcing it if it's not yes. ready, but just, you right. know, allow, persevere and right. stay true. Perseverance is a really important word in this. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. And, um, yeah. I mean, look, all my work is really based around these resolving the paradox of, of what seem like opposites within our being. So yeah. one of them is effort versus flow or you know allowing things to happen right and right. i don't buy into maybe some of the some of the sort of i would guess lazy new age thinking that says it's just all going to happen because uh-huh. we're part of the happening so we have we are part of the universe and we the universe acts through us 
And so we have to put a bit of effort in. But if we go too much effort and are forcing it, it's just horrible for us and for everyone yeah, oh, yeah. Force around yeah. us. So we're like, yeah. give it up, give it a break. Things, yeah. you know, there is things happen in their own time. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we have to keep becoming more of who we are so we can help them happen with some urgency and some some flow, you know, some speed, some some progress. Uh, and so that's one of the great challenges is 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 to persevere, but not to uh, push and and um, you know and, and and when you're an entrepreneur like I am, uh, albeit a wisdompreneur, when you're an entrepreneur, that's crucial to know that you know sometimes it takes people time to get their head around your idea, or you know want to work with you or whatever it is. You can't force them to be your client. But if you don't connect with them and don't email them regularly and don't share your, your ideas with them, they'll forget about you. So you've got to dance in that dance and, and you know, be a little bit pushy but not too pushy. Yes. Um, and that's the same with the universe. You know, the universe wants us to, to take action, but I don't think it wants us to force, to force it. Yes. You know, as you're saying this, Nick, all I can think of is this term co-creation. You know, there's Absolutely. a co-part. <laughs> It is a co-part. Yeah. Right. The universe is working through us, and we're part of the universe, so we have to do a bit of the work yes. too. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, all of my work is about co-creating with the universe what it wants to occur, um, and lending it our lending it our support, essentially. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and, and you say we are part of that system too, so we can't just show, close our eyes and manifest a billion dollars. That's not going to happen. I've never known I've never known anyone who's manifested purely by thought a billion dollars without a, a fair amount of hard work as well. Yeah. Um, and the two go together beautifully, and that's what power is for me. It's about inner power and actually about being powerful in the world. Well, you know what I appreciate with what you express about creativity is that, you know, I'm sure that many a spiritual person has said, well, I can just win the lottery, you know, just by by thought alone. And yet, (laughs) what is, I mean, maybe someone might. I've heard of stories where people have won just enough to help them over a certain bump or something. That does happen sometimes. But the real question is if you're truly here on this earth to be creative beings, because why are right. we here if we're just here to just right. sit around? You know, we might why, why even right. bother to come down to Earth? Right. You know, right. which is part of my belief system is that we we come here for a reason. Um, that <laughs> and and so yeah, so so that co-creative part is important, and and also we we fail. I mean, getting the balance right it takes practice. Right. I know I know we're all trying that, or you know, we we approach Absolutely. it in different ways. Yeah. And so, I'm practicing well, myself, you know, every, I teach this stuff, but I only yes. teach what I'm, <laughs> what I'm practicing, you know, I am constantly balancing between working really hard, writing new books, uh-huh. speaking to uh, radio interviewers at <laughs> nine o'clock yes. at night, uh, and being with my kids, and giving yes. myself time to rejuvenate, um, yes. and watching you know, box sets on TV to, that I love to watch and movies, um, going for a run and walking. And, you know, it's just constant. It's a constant balancing act. But yeah. if we become very sensitive to ourselves, our body will tell us when it wants 
as you said, to go for a walk or to do some more work. And yeah. we can we can start to really be responsive to our own uh, body's wisdom. Um, and I, I, unfortunately, this is one of the things that I am very passionate about is a lot of people have learned to ignore it because we're caught up in the 50 weeks a year working 8 to 8 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. working at night blackberries iPhones you know working at the weekend um hustle hustle work harder yeah. make more money and it is burning people out i don't think we've even begun to see what the burnout is you know it's yeah. it's it's the 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 figures for millennials uh, younger people who 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 now um the largest section of the workforce they have double the depression than the baby boomer generation double yeah. the incidence of depression uh, a research report 50% of of people aged you know 20 something have reported they've been kept awake at night in the last month with worry yeah 50 over 50% wow. um and you know that's nuts, nuts Very world. Much. So, yeah, to, to it, but it's challenging to not get caught up in that and to say to people, you know what, I'm going home now. It's 5 p.m. Done a good day's work. I'm 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 feeling good about oh, that. Oh, I know Goodbye. this. I know this definitely. Oh, I I know it firsthand. And you know the right. irony of that because you really are only surviving. You may have a lot of money. You may be making right. money, but yes. is that really thriving? Right. You, know, you don't. Uh, that's not thriving. Right, and you can't create consciously when you're in survival mode, when you're exhausted, yeah. when you're just getting by, um, you know, from from email to glass of wine to 6 a.m. run to back to work. It's yeah. just no one can live like that. I mean, it's just not, not long-term and thrive. Right. It's just a fundamental uh, rule of, of energy flow, Um and I, this is a, it's been a tricky one for me because I was brought up to be a hard worker and I was an overachiever and you know and sometimes I, I'll work from eight and then at four p.m. I know I've kind of done my day, yeah. And then I'll have like two hours when I'll kind of feel a bit guilty because it's four p.m. <laughs> and everyone else is working, but uh, you know why am I feeling guilty? You know, creativity is non-linear. You can't. It's not just, you know, you can't just do it in, in certain hours. It happens when it happens. And so I've worked really hard to go, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm just going to sit and look at the garden for half an hour and enjoy it and not be productive. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. And the funny thing is mentioning times and limits, um, the, the live show is about to end. Um, we make it very slightly over. That's okay. We can... The, the podcast continues, and, and it won't cut us off immediately. But I just, while the live audience is here, um, I I wanted you to have an opportunity to tell people again where they can find out about you, Nick. And, and also I want to put out my thank you to to the live audience and to you, um, for, you. for what you're sharing. Yes, thank you to everyone listening. Um, easiest summary, you can go to Nick Jankel, N-I-C-K-J-A-N-K-E-L, dot com and there's some free meditations and you can click through to other sites and some books about breakthrough and and all that kind of stuff so there's some uh, resources and and uh, and if they people sign up to my email list uh, they'll find out about all the different things that I 
do and offer and uh, often uh, give away for free. And before the live audience goes, um, let me tell you, we'll be back on the air 7 p.m. Pacific Saturday night. And go to FrontierBeyondFear.com. And thank you, live audience, for being here. And I know as we get into the podcast part that um, the majority of people are actually listening in the future. And so I always (laughs) welcome whenever people are listening to this show I I welcome that, and, right. um, you know, I just want to take the time once again to, to really thank you, Nick, because um, I just, I feel like this is how the world changes with, with people like you. I mean, this is what we need, and you have the courage to go and talk and the access, the ability to talk to people who who can really change things, and then you know, and also in just small ways. I mean, you're helping people who are you know in major corporation, but then also just in. It doesn't matter what we're doing in our lives. You know, we don't right. have to, like you said, be doing some major thing in the world to make a difference and to live right. a life of joy and fulfillment. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, I mean, I was at a festival earlier in the year. No. Obviously, late last year, uh, September festival was the last big festival in the UK. I did a lot of talks at festivals last year, and this girl, I did a little sort of mini satsang. I just talked uh-huh. for about two hours, and people just showed up in the middle of a field. Um, and this one twenty-year-old um, girl just said to me, "So this connection you talk of, uh-huh. this experience of being switched on, is that the?" only thing other than drugs that might stop me wanting to kill myself oh my god like great you know that that for me is a massive win you know it may be really exciting to go to nike and and work with their leadership team but it's just as important for me to connect with this one girl and help her realize there's something else other than drugs that will help her feel better and not just that actually you know um generate a long-term change in her life you know um so yeah it, the conscious creativity i don't think cares what scale it comes out at yeah. whether it's uh you know consciously creating a better thanksgiving meal um for your family or consciously creating the next billion dollar business it, it it's you know that's ego size thing is about right. is our ego um because you know one heart touched is one heart touched yeah you know that that's a beautiful thing because a lot of times you'll hear people say if i only touch one person that matters to me and and you know that's not some kind of consolation prize you know sometimes that comes (laughs) off as well you know whatever that's not it i mean that's really true if you truly have saved a life i mean that's a a pretty miraculous thing and right. um it really does matter that's why everything everybody listening it doesn't whatever you're doing just touching one life changing your own life right. it matters it matters right. a lot Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, uh, and and i appreciate that story very much and and what an inspiration you are and and I look forward to to actually we'll we'll get a chance to meet I I imagine at the Los Angeles Conscious Life Expo in a couple of weeks and and right. I look forward to that so right um, so 
So anyway, um, thank you very much for coming on the show again. I, I've really enjoyed the time here with you, and, and thanks for all that you're doing. Thank you, and thank you, everyone listening, um, for all those moments when you bring more light into someone's life. We all do it um, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Well, you have a wonderful evening. Where, where Thank you. I'll you see are. you uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah, just a couple weeks now. So we're actually <laughs> one week, aren't we? We're one down week. to one week. Exactly. My goodness. Better, one better. week. <laughs> we have our things to do in the next week. But, um, you know, boy, we still need to find that time for presence. So, And, and I'm Absolutely. really glad you're going to be at Wisdom 2.0. Um, anyone who Excellent. gets out to that one, that's a – well, I'm not going to be there, but it's an awesome gathering. I know it's going to make it a difference, is. too. It is. A lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks Excellent. again. All right. Take care. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Just a quick show note as um, we end this broadcast. Um, I indeed will be at the Conscious Life Expo as well. Um, I'll be speaking Saturday at 7 p.m. Pacific and and just at the Hilton LAX, I'm doing a free lecture. And I want to remind you that Nick will be speaking there at 4 p.m. Pacific. And these are both on February 20th. I think I forgot to give the date. Saturday, February 20th. And his event will be internationally live streamed. So um, you can actually access the expo through um, FrontierBeyondFear.com. I've got it at the top of the page. You can find all the events there. His website, I'm sure, NickJankel.com. And then just the main site, ConsciousLifeExpo.com. And I invite people to come out and see me at my booth, which is booth 706. And I'm just welcoming people coming by. I enjoy that. It's a very relaxed booth near the music and the food. So um, I hope some of you can come out and say hello. Again, um, if you're listening fairly close to this show, since we're in the podcast, our next broadcast is 7 p.m. Pacific, Saturday night. And that date is February 13th, and we are right before Valentine's Day. And actually, we're going to be talking about romantic connections. It's going to be a fun show. I've got um, Psychic Debbie Griggs on on Saturday night, and she's going to be talking with callers about whatever you'd like to talk about. So we do that every once in a while, and I know that that it's a fun time um, when we have those shows. So I welcome you back then. And then next week will be a little bit more relaxed because, yes, um, there is the expo at the end of the week i have diane bischoff james on the show again next week so go to frontierbeyondfear.com for all the archive broadcasts and the upcoming schedule and um, also there there are ways to support the program and i always invite that because the show is indeed listener supported and i welcome that so thank you again everyone and i hope you were as inspired as i was by this show today And I will see you next time. Take care. 